This is L.A. Court Report, covering Southern California's boys' high school basketball scene, going to games, running events, hosting Zoom conversations, and now, the podcast. This is the L.A. Court Report podcast. I'm Steve Wax with Brad Enright, and our guest tonight is Holy Martyrs head coach, Coco Caprielian. Coco, thanks for being with us. Pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Because, Coco, the truth is, I know you don't want to say it about yourself, but people who know the job you do know that you're one of the best coaches around. Not many coaches in Southern California are as good at coaching their teams as you are. And you do it at a place with special atmosphere. The atmosphere surrounding basketball at Holy Martyrs has been described as unparalleled. If a player is hurt, it seems to hurt everyone associated with the program. When the program has a big win, the entire community is buzzing with excitement. The community is close-knit and tight. How are you able to cultivate such a supportive atmosphere around your program? <laughs> uh, you're being too kind. Uh, I'm, I'm just a... Uh... I'm just another coach. Uh, I care about uh, the team. I care about basketball. Um, I try my best uh, to connect with the kids that I have. And um, that's all I do and nothing more. So every coach does that. Uh, the atmosphere. The atmosphere is it's, it's crazy. I know the game uh, you mentioned earlier about Valley Toro and Holy Martyrs. And that game was crazy. Uh, I could not hear myself and uh, I mean, uh, doing timeouts, I'm trying to tell things to my kids and they cannot hear me. I cannot hear them. So it was crazy. Um, the, the atmosphere, it's, um, it's a, uh, Holy Martyrs, it's a family. It's a family. Uh, they, grew, they grew up together. They go to school since kindergarten and um uh, they go up all the way to uh, junior high and then uh, uh, varsity level. And uh, that's how uh, we're, we are very close. We know every parent from day one. So uh, uh, they support us 100%. Uh, they know they trust us. They know the, the job that we do. It's uh, only for their kids, nothing else. We have no other things. We don't do it for other reasons. Uh, so uh, that makes it a little bit easier for us to uh, to coach their kids, uh, that trust that uh, we have from the parents. But you have that. I think every coach, like you said, wants to have that relationship with the kids, wants to have the buy-in from the parents, but they're not successful. So what do you think you do differently to earn the trust of those parents? Well, uh, one thing we do a little bit differently I think we do it differently. Uh, we are uh, very, very disciplined. Uh, when, when I say discipline, where are, uh, if we say something to the players and no matter what happens, we, we do that. Let's say if, if uh, a player is late for practice and uh, our rule is if you're late for a practice, that means you cannot practice it. Even if let's say our practice starts at eight o'clock and they have to be there 15 minutes prior to practice to, 
to dress up, to warm up. If they're late in that air, uh, uh, time, like if they're not there at 7.45, and uh, they will miss practice. If they miss practice, that means they're not going to play the next game. It does not matter if that player scores uh, 100 points or 20 points or zero points. It does not matter. It goes uh, all around. So, um, and uh, this one came all, all the way from, uh, from the top, from Coach Barant. Uh, he set those rules long time ago. When when I joined when I joined the Holy Martyrs, uh, my background was similar to this, and I tried to to uh, follow his rules also, and uh, and it worked out for us. And um, just like I said, uh, I'm not special. Uh, we we just uh, uh, discipline, and the kids trust me, and I trust my kids, and uh, that's how we play. Um, so. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> you you did. But you are special, coach. You've won a CIF championship. I think that allows you to to be a little proud of what you've done. But you brought up Varant Vartabedjan, who is the athletic director at Holy Martyrs. And before we hit record, we were telling a funny story about him, which is he once attended a Bobby Knight clinic that changed his life. Can you talk about that? Well, actually, uh, Bobby Knight is Coach Varante's mentor. Um, he he loves that coach, and uh, he uh, he does he he likes the way Bobby Knight coaches, and he likes the things that Bobby Knight does. Not everything, but most of the stuff. Not throwing the chairs and stuff like that. <laughs> coach Varante is uh, very very disciplined. He's very humble. He's very um uh caring uh he's amazing he's amazing athletic director and a coach so uh yes uh this is one of the stories that you know he tells me that um uh, he said he said the best uh teacher is the bench uh that means you know if the kid does something and uh, if you bench him, he will learn his, his lesson. Otherwise, he will not learn. So that's one of them. Anything else? Uh, not that I think of right now. <laughs> but yeah, we, he talks about it a lot, about Bobby Knight. So, and uh, yeah. So as a basketball coach, how have you changed with the times? What have you become more flexible about over the years? And other than punctuality, what do you say I'm not changing my stance on? Well, um, the game has changed since I started coaching. Uh, basically, um, uh, uh, the, the guards are controlling the tempo. And um, before, if a kid takes a shot uh, two feet behind the line, I would yell and scream and tell them that, you know, what are you doing? Don't shoot that. That's too far out. And uh, right now they have the green light, especially my good shooters. They have the green light to take the shot from um, anywhere they want to. And uh, long, a long time ago, I, I did not allow that. So that's a, I don't know if it's an improvement or it's an adjustment. So that's one of the things. Um, I communicate a little bit more with my players before it was me uh, deciding everything. And um and uh, let's say when we played against uh, Providence, the championship game, uh, I did not consult my, my players. I just, you know, I had a plan in my head. Uh, we, we wanted to stop Marcus Lovett. So 
I set up a, a, a box in one, uh, kind of uh, uh, after, after that, it's a triangle. We were going to double team Marcus Lovett for us to, to win that game. And we lost three times that year to, to Providence. And uh, that's funny. Uh, uh, one of my friends, he's a basketball fanatic during the summer. We were going to play against Providence. He came up to me, he says, uh, coach, you know, Marcus Lovat is, uh, uh, he's, he's very, very good. Watch out for him. I, I go, he's a freshman. Come on. What are you talking about? I mean, freshman, what is he going to do? I have a lot of seniors on the team. He's going to make mistakes, freshman mistakes. That kid, that kid killed his summertime. <laughs> so I learned a good lesson from that. And then, uh, we were in the same league at that, at that point. So we had our first game. It was a close game. We lost to them. Uh, the second game also, it was a, a close game. We lost to them. But uh, I don't know. It was weird. They said third, third time is the, uh, I mean, uh, uh, third time is the charm if you don't count the summer game. Uh, so doing the division championship, we, we beat them. And he played, he played, Marcus Levet played a great game, but uh, my, my captain played very good also. He scored, uh, I don't know, 30 points with 14 rebounds and uh, crazy. It was crazy atmosphere also. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I saw that, that many alumni came to the basketball game. It was filled. I mean, our school enrollment is 100 140 kid at that point and we had over 700 people uh, watching that game from alumni and students and parents so crazy and what was the reaction after you won oh my god <laughs> i did uh, i i think i sat down for like two minutes uh well actually it was i mean that one was division championship but the game prior to that was a a crazy better game. Uh, we played against Rolling Kills Prep. They had a seven-footer. And uh, luckily, fortunately, I had a 6'5 guy, which I never have until last year. Last year, I had one too. So, But uh, this 6'5 kid did not play any basketball. So somehow, I went to school. I'm after school coach. So I went to school uh, when he was 10th grade. So I saw him, I said, hey, how come you don't play basketball? He goes, I don't know. Nobody told me to play basketball. I said, why don't you try JV next year, uh, junior year? And if you, if you like it, I'll take you on a varsity team. So that's what happened. So that's how I, ha I had my 6'5 guy. And uh, another crazy story about this 6'5 guy. Uh, we were playing against the same uh, in the division uh, games. We were playing against uh, Rio Hondo. He... Uh, rolled his ankle. His ankle was swollen, and he did. He was not going to play the Rolling Kills prep game. And the first half, we were losing by 13 points. And he comes up to me. He goes, "Coach, let me play." I go, "No, you're injured. You cannot play. You, you barely could walk on it." He goes, "Coach, it's my senior year. Please let me play. You, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to play basketball." So I thought about it. I go, "You know what? I'm going to give it a try." I put him in. And all of a sudden, we started closing that gap. And the, uh, the, the shot that we made, that was our first lead, and we won with that. So we, we beat them by, uh, I don't know, two points or one point, something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> that was even better than the championship game. <laughs> and what's so interesting is at that time, Rolling Hills 
perhaps best player was their center, Jimbo Lowe, who you're talking yeah. about. And then you had to quickly get ready for Providence, who were perimeter-oriented because of LeVette. So that really speaks to the flexibility that you have in your defensive philosophy. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of your philosophy, my understanding is that you're able, through your school community, to work a little with younger players, like in the elementary level. Uh, are you teaching lessons to them as they progress from elementary school through high school? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, usually we, we, we talk to our uh, alumni, uh, like uh, let's say uh, uh, if this year they graduate, I have uh, in my couple of uh, players, if they don't have, if they don't go out of town for college, uh, I'm going to ask them to, to coach uh, the younger level because they, they're going to bring the same mindset and uh, the transition will be easier to, uh, to varsity. So that helps us a lot. Uh, if uh, one of my players, uh, one of my players uh, end up coaching the third graders or fourth graders or even fifth graders. So sometimes I do coach sixth, seventh graders. And uh, so, yeah, that, that helps too, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, actually, my assistant coach last year, he was, um, he was my captain uh, when we won the division. So Nishan Kenjoyan. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that, that helps a lot when we put our alumni uh, uh, as, as coaches uh, for a younger uh, generation. Yes. And for those of our listeners who don't know, Holy Martyrs is an Armenian school. How intense are the rivalries between Holy Martyrs and the other Armenian schools out there? Uh, rivalries. <laughs> yes, <laughs> rivalries. It is rivalries, but... Uh, it's the way I approach it and try to tell my kids it's just another game. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a must win game. And uh, it does not matter who, who, who we play. Uh, it's a, it's the same thing. It's the same basketball. It's very simple. Basketball game is very simple. It's uh, there are certain things you're supposed to do. We make it a little bit complicated, but it's very simple. Uh, John Wooden said that. And, uh, and I agree with, with him 100%. So uh, I tell them that, uh, it's a rivalry. Yes, uh, the parents are going to go crazy, yell and scream, but it's the same thing. Nothing changes. It's your game, the, you, the same kind of defense you're going to play, uh, the same kind of offense you're going to play. Uh, just uh, be prepared, uh, control yourself, and uh, this that's where discipline kicks in. So, uh, but it's a little bit tough. Uh, just like you said, when, the, uh, when we play against rivalry team, it's a little bit tough to control the kids, uh, to be calm and, you know, to play uh, uh, regularly. Uh, yeah, we have, we have a few rivalries. And uh, every time we play them, uh, uh, first quarter, we do very bad <laughs> against them. <laughs> it's the nerves, I guess. And when you're playing non-Armenian schools, do you incorporate the Armenian language into your coaching? If you're trying to disguise something? Yes, uh, we, we, we do that. We do that uh, not because a lot of people say that, you know, we speak Armenian because we don't want the other school to understand what we're saying. That's not the reason. Uh, maybe it helps, but that's not the reason. The reason we do that because to, to preserve our, our language and our heritage. Uh, uh, all the kids that we, uh, most of the kids, well, uh, I'm going to say all the kids, 
they, they are born here and they're, they speak uh, English before Armenian. And pretty soon, if we don't do this, they're going to forget their language. And we don't want that. We don't want them to, uh, them to forget their language. In the school, they speak English. They do math with English. Everything they do it in English. Yes, we, we do have Armenian classes, but everything is in English. They're, they feel more comfortable speaking English than Armenian. So uh, we had a rule uh, that, you know, if we speak Armenian to them, uh, they, they will hear that Armenian language and they will not, you know, it will be easier for them to not to forget the language. So that's what we do. So how much of the coaching would you say that you do is not just about basketball, but is about life and about preserving Armenian culture? Uh, I think, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a percentage, but I might not be right with this percentage, but uh, I'm going to say 80%. Uh, it doesn't involve basketball. 20% is basketball. 80% is other things. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's discipline to be, uh, uh, to trust one another, uh, love one another, uh, care about uh, your, your teammates uh, because we're a family end of the day. Uh, none of our kids will uh, play uh, Division I college basketball. We don't, we don't have that. Uh, I'm not going to say talent. We have the talent, but we don't have the, the size. We, if we have a 6'5 kid, he's going to be slow. If we have a fast kid, he's short. So uh, it, it's difficult. It, this is it's high school, only high school. They play high school. So we, we try to give them the best we can to enjoy that high school basketball. And after that, uh, they're going to go college to study, to, to become something. So, Although you had a really good standout player in, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Alex Iskandarian. Uh, I want to say he yes. graduated in 2017. Did he have the opportunity to play at the college level somewhere? No, no, he did not. He did not. Yes. That's, <laughs> sh that's shocking because he was pretty good. And I think he did participate in representing the United States, correct, uh, in some level of international play? In yes, Armenia. Armenia. He, he went to Armenia with, with another uh, uh, teammate. Uh, which is, uh, I really care about him. His name is Shant Aslanian. His brother played for Viewpoint Adam Aslanian. And Shant Aslanian, uh, when I coached him in ninth grade, I said, you will not see varsity. Because he all, all he did is shoot the three-pointer. He did not play defense. He used to give me attitude, uh, roll his eyes. And, um, and then all of a sudden, a junior year, I, I got him on a, a varsity team. Sean changed completely. He forgot about that. He, he used to shoot the three-point, but he did not care about the three-point line. He cared about one thing, one thing that I love, defense. He played defense for me. Uh, if you remember the game that we played against the Valley Torah, uh, he guarded Ryan, and Ryan could not score. He sc Ryan scored in the fourth quarter. It was too late. But uh, yes, Sean is, Sean is amazing. Uh, Sean played uh, awesome, and uh, I, I love Sean. <laughs> Having seen your teams play, I can see why. The next question I would ask is, what do you think separates Holy Martyr specifically from the other Armenian schools, uh, basketball-wise and non-basketball-wise? Uh, actually, non-basketball-wise, nothing. It's the same culture. Uh, we know everybody. Uh, basically, but uh, people live different areas. They attend different uh, Armenian schools. 
and uh, we know them from uh, uh, like uh, Armenian clubs or community gatherings. We know them, and um, when it comes to basketball, um, all the coaches are great coaches. Uh, Armenian school that have uh, have, and um, it's it's different co coaching style. Every coach is, uh, coaches differently. Like uh, for me, uh, I don't practice offense tell you the truth i practice just a very little offense i only practice uh, defense for me to not let the other team score points on us i think uh, it will uh, put my team uh, give my team a better chance to win to beat that team so that's how i look at it so everything we do is uh, it's around defense 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 and uh, of course don't get me wrong uh, i give them time to shoot the ball because you need to score too, but uh, but it's all about defense. And uh, this year, this year it's uh, basically it's been a, a bad year because of COVID. We did not practice during the summer, and uh, you know defense is you need to practice, practice, practice uh, for you to uh, correct those mistakes. And uh, this year we had only I don't know three weeks. To work on defense and we're struggling uh defensively we're struggling right now <laughs> so uh we had we had some games we won some games and we lost some games and i'm looking at the tapes and i see my defense is not as good so we need to work on that hopefully hopefully in like a week or so week or two and before the season ends uh we'll put everything together and we'll be ready for playoffs Coach, talking about how you only work on defense and no offense, you sound like uh, Gene Hackman from Hoosiers. Coach. <laughs> um, but quickly, as the San Diego representative here in the L.A. Court Report, uh, tell us a little bit about your relationship and the uh, trips you make down here to San Diego to uh, play at Tri-City Christian. Um, well, uh, just like I said uh, before, um, we have a camp. Uh, Coach Stan is uh, generous enough to to give us his gym, and uh, that's our home court. Basically, when we play against them, it's our home court. It's not his home court. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> because we practice over there too. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't really understand the question. Like, uh, what is your what is coming down here to play in San Diego? You know, what does that do for your program? Okay. All right. Um, it's right before the season. It's a Christmas uh, tournament and uh, it prepares us for the season basically. And, uh, and uh, the, when we uh, go on a road trip, uh, I feel like my players are like uh, fully modern players will come together because they eat together. They, sleep together they do everything together it brings them closer to each other and uh when they're close to each other they love each other more they care about other each other more and uh and that's a, a team, team chemistry will be much better um we always talk about the extra pass extra pass extra pass extra pass so and then find the best shooter on the team or whoever's hot that game uh, nowadays we have a lot of shooters, but uh, we have to find that uh, that shooter that making his shots that game because 
uh, some games, uh, my best shooter, it does not score any points. And uh, some someone else will step up. Uh, last game, uh, when we were playing against Milken, my best shooter did not score. He scored, I don't know, six points. And uh, he took, I don't know, 12 shots, 13 shots. And uh, another kid came from the bench and he made uh, three out of four. So, so we have to find that. Uh, so, yeah. Switching gears for a moment. As I said earlier, you do have a very good reputation among coaches. You're a coach's coach. People that love to coach basketball, that love player development, that love X's and O's, really celebrate the job that you do. And you have so much humility. I know you don't want to toot your own horn. But here's a question that I have. If you received a phone call from someone in another city who says, I'm in a situation where I have players that are small, my tallest player is very slow, my fastest players are very short, just like you have, what are maybe three things you would tell that coach to get the most out of his team? <laughs> so the tallest player is too slow and the shorter players are too short. But they're fast. <laughs> they're fast. So I, I, I would say, I would say play full court trap. <laughs> Just trap everything, everything. Don't let them pass half court. Uh, and um, yeah, you could, you could do that. That's one way to go. Or uh, if you have a big player in the middle, you could play that zone and uh, you could put pressure, a lot of pressure on the ball. You have that big player could block shots. And if someone goes for a layup, he could block that shot. So you could do that also. Uh, there's a lot of it. I mean, it's a good combo. Uh, Tell you that I wish I have uh, fast, fast, short players and a big, slow player. I don't care. So uh, it's uh, it's a blessing actually to have a, a big player. Uh, my biggest guy is uh, not biggest guy, but my uh, starting uh, center is six footer this year. <laughs> so yeah, I'm playing against uh, teams that they have uh, six four, six five, six six. So. I have to figure a way to, like, uh, when we play against Petey Woods, Petey Woods has uh, two, two big guys. One of them is, I don't know, 6'4", 6'5", and the other one grew. Uh, last summer, he was 6'3", and uh, uh, right now, he's like 6'6", so he's playing good basketball. Uh, Petey Woods has a very good team. It's hard to beat, so we have to find a way. It's, a, it's almost impossible for us with the team that we have, so... <laughs> So now the very last question I will ask is someone calls you and says, I just was named head coach at a school and we don't have atmosphere. We don't have culture. How can I replicate what you do at Holy Martyrs to make those parents on my side, to get the players to buy in, to cultivate that family atmosphere? What are two or three suggestions that you would offer that coach? Well, there's, there's only one thing. Uh, you have to be fair. You have to be fair. If you are fair and the parents know that you're fair and uh, they see that you work hard and you're fair and they will support you. But if they see that you're unfair, they, uh, you do favoritisms and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, that's how they don't, they don't respect you and they don't support you. And uh, it's not going to happen overnight. 
but it's going to take years and years for you to build that relationship. And once you do that, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and this is where we'll wrap up and say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing a lot about your special program. If you've never seen Holy Martyrs play, make sure to catch one of their games. Special atmosphere, special team, special coach. Coach Coco, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the LA Court Report podcast, an LA Court Report production.